right. All right. Is it? (laughs) Is it all right? I think so. Hi, and welcome to Something to Wear, a podcast about clothes, personal style, nostalgia, and fabric. We are your hosts, Wendy and Alice, two people who love clothes so much that we're recording in a closet. Let's get started. Oh my gosh, we can hear rain on the air conditioner? Yes. (laughs) It's so cozy. We've got our cups of tea. We've got the rain on the air conditioner. We've got the cars going in the street outside. Animal Crossing ASMR. Exactly. Yeah, so what have you been wearing lately, Wendy? It's funny because I'm coming out of a period of my life where I've been uh, home for several weeks after traveling for several weeks. And so I feel like I have worn nothing in weeks when in reality I was wearing a lot of outfits. Yeah, because you traveled twice. You went to Germany. Went to Germany. And Ireland. And Ireland. And then you went to the West Coast to Seattle for a conference. Uh, yeah, I had a work thing in Seattle. So uh, Seattle was all about my green linen suit. Yes, I love that suit. It's gotten so much wear. I, I wore a lot of like business casual, which I, I don't... It's back in. It's back. <laughs> Something primordial within me feels like a little businessman. <laughs> you know, growing up, the there were all those weird early 2000s pinstripe. Oh yeah, just pinstripe all day every day. You've got your weird tight pinstripe vest that you wear over a t-shirt. You're Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you're slaying literal vampires in leather blazers. Like what is going on? <laughs> the range of motion. I had a lot of outfits that I liked, including a pinstripe mini dress for a through yes. line on oh, the business casual. Oh, I love that dress. I do too, but it doesn't photograph well. But it looks so good in real life. It does look good. I feel confident in it in real life. And then I look at a photo and I go, well, this was a choice I made, I guess. <laughs> no, but it looks really good. And I guess whether or not some, it's more important for something to look good in real life or look good in photographs is a personal choice that you must make for yourself. But I know it was like a month and a half ago now, but we went to the Newport Folk Festival. We did. We did. And you wore that dress, the little pinstripe wool mini shift dress with buttons up the back. A light suiting wool, but yes. wool nonetheless. Wool nonetheless. <laughs> and you had this like cool 70s, it's lace. It's like a it's like a lace with blue Flower. and yellow flowers. You wore that under and sneakers and you looked so cool. I felt really cool in that outfit. And then I looked at the photos and I went, do I need to add princess seams to this dress? Like, what is no, the problem? Okay, you don't. You don't. <laughs> it was very, very. It was. You got out of the car, and I was like, "Oh, Wendy looks so cool." Oh my god! But every single day of that festival, too, like you'd get out of the car and I'd go, "Oh my god!" Because that day, that was the same day you were wearing those little boots with the leather tassels on them. Yes, the ropers, the pointy-toed ropers that I can get. I can get about five hours out of those boots, which is enough for most purposes. Um, and then after those five hours, I'm like, my, my feet need to be free. (laughs) So good though. And I was wearing my sort of like boho peasant skirt in cream with blue and red that I got from a family friend's mother-in-law gave it to me in Bavaria. Wow. It's of indeterminate age. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she was like it might be immortal it might be immortal she was like here you go have this skirt it's very old and I was like okay I'm gonna wear it in the summer and sweat all over it and then I had a little red crop tee from Target and a 
cool like wide belt that my mom yes. gave me that she had when she before I was born. So there's a picture of her wearing her like her like pleated skirt in like the early 90s long pleated skirt and she was wearing like a dead moon tee and this big belt. And you're also wearing a big thick metal necklace that had a lot of leaves on it. Yes, it's all flowers and they link together and they're and they're about like the size like a dollar coin. Those those things that we see all the time. And it was so hot that day and the sun was shining down on the back of my neck because my hair was up and it was shining down on the metal flowers and I had to take it off halfway through the day because it was burning me. What I really appreciated about your outfit, other than the fact that it was totally awesome and you looked like you had literally fallen out of the Almost Famous movie. Oh, thank you. Everyone wants to look like they've fallen out of Almost Famous at Newport. But I love that you and I somehow both dress like we're in the same world, even when we're not necessarily planning to. Like, I would argue both of our outfits each day of that festival looked like they went together, even though we did not consult each other. When no, we, we didn't. And we didn't even consult each other when we were dressing. No. <laughs> So that's what we wore this summer. That was the big that was the big event for me of the summer. I went a lot of places. I did a lot of things, but that was the one that was like this is about the outfits. But now the weather is okay. It's not really cooling off. I mean, it's cooler. It's in it's in the 70s. In our hearts it's cooler. In in our hearts it's cooler. It is literally cooler, but it's not cold yet. But it is raining. It is raining. As we prepare for the hurricane. As the hurricane rains down upon us. <laughs> and we went thrifting the other day. You could tell that in our hearts it was fall by the things that we were pulling. Wool and blazers and everything was navy and purple. And brown. And brown. I'm obsessed with like rich browns right now. Yeah. And like burgundies. We came away with a lot of fall clothes and I'm excited to wear them. That thrift store hall I was saying this to you as you're driving home but like that was one of those magical thrift store halls where you just simply believe that anything should be possible in a thrift store because I feel like and anything should be possible in a thrift store but you you know you never come across a two-piece purple wool suit with little buttons and a very cute little 70s flare collar and it's in your size just about I'm speaking hypothetically, but Alice literally found a suit that looked like a suit she had, like, forgotten about having in the back of her closet. Yeah, exactly. It's got, like, sort of a little 30s, 40s thing, and it's got the little jacket, and it has so many extraneous buttons and a little kick flare in the pencil skirt, and it was in two different places yes. in the store. We found the jacket, and I was like, this is the jacket for me, and then we were going through the skirt style, and I was like, oh, that matches. And that's, you told me that that's because a lot of things get donated to thrift stores as like two pieces, but they don't necessarily know that. So they get separated out in the store. Yeah, exactly. Or it looks like maybe in this case, they had been tried on and then rehung, and then somebody just didn't put them back together. Which is like, I mean, it's unfair for all suits, but it was especially unfair for this suit, which is like if Mary Poppins needed a suit for a presidential inauguration. I rescued it. I'm going to have to let it out a little. The zipper is broken, but it is it's it's in it's in good hands now. I just I feel like I'm so often trying to like fit the vision of who I want to be to whatever the thrift store is allowing for me on a given day. Like I'll be looking for a striped top and there are plenty of striped tops in a thrift store. That is a reasonable expectation to manage that I will find a striped top in a thrift store. So yeah. I try to keep my list very vague. Right. And then you have just one of these trips where you find something that is so specifically you, like you would have picked it out for an actual purchase at an actual store. 
Yes, absolutely. And I just, I feel that we were both so successful in our hauls, except for the beautiful green blazer that should have been perfect, but actually had a bunch of secret stains. Yeah, it was so beautiful. It was like a moss green velvet. Oh God. And I and I picked it, I pulled it out of the rack and I was like, this is the blazer for me. I used to have a brown velvet blazer. Then in my 2015-16 minimalist moving cross-country Marie Kondo, my possessions are weighing me down phase. I was like, none of these things spark joy. And I got rid of them all. And now I'm like, that didn't work. Now I just missed that velvet blazer. So I, I pulled out this green velvet blazer and I really thought it was the one. But unfortunately, it had so many weird discolorations. And we really only noticed it under direct light because like when you first pulled yeah. it out, it reminded me, I guess it was Architectural Digest. I don't know. There was some article where they showed you Tori Birch's beautiful house and she had a beautiful moss green velvet couch. And I was like, that blazer oh. looks like Tori Birch's couch. I feel like three or four years ago, a green velvet couch was like the yeah. thing. And in my heart, it's still the thing. It might not be my thing because the cats would shed all over it. Still the thing. And velvet's a great uh, material for a couch because cats don't scratch it. They do sleep on it, though. True. Alice, what have you been wearing lately? Great question. So obviously it's been sort of this weird summer phase, end of summer phase, where you sort of feel like you want to wear your fall clothes and you're getting a little tired of your summer clothes, but it's not actually cold enough to wear any of your fall clothes lately. So I've been thinking about my wardrobe and kind of in like a weird place with my wardrobe. And this weekend, thinking about how much fabric I own, I own a lot of fabric. I was in such anguish about the amount of fabric I own that I called my mom. And she was like, well, why don't you make something? <laughs> so I, instead of making something from scratch, I took this dress that I had made uh, several summers ago, it was sort of like a 20s. The 20s have this like the one hour dress or whatever it's called. This was a popular pattern, a popular like self-draft your own pattern in the 20s. And it's been especially popular in the last like 10, 20 years as people have gotten really into the idea of making your own clothes, the idea of like historical costuming. And you can draft it yourself. Theoretically, it only takes one hour. So the one hour dress pattern is essentially a very simple like tea shape a rectangle with a little bit of like cut on sleeves and you sew those together it's got like a boat neck so I had made one many many years ago that's pink I still have it it's very cute and then at some point I thought that I was going to need another but I made this other one out of like a blue and white uh, I don't really go to a lot of 20s garden parties and it was not that flattering to begin with so I cut it up and I made it just sort of into like a boxy it's got a boxy top and a gathered skirt and I alter I added a couple darts and I altered the sleeves a little bit so that they looked less like weird wings and then I wore the same boots that I wore to Newport the pointy ones with the little leather fringe tassels summer of the boot summer of the boot and you know threw my hair up and then I um grabbed my like brown handbag it has a little like hemlock bandana that our friend rosemary gave me for my birthday so cute that i tied it's kind of like in like a spring green color and uh it's got a little bit of braided detail on the on the bag it was such a good outfit i know i put it on and it's so it was really it felt really nice to take some a piece of fabric in my home that was not wearable and turn it into a piece of fabric that was wearable which is kind of my goal for the coming months because 
I have a lot of fabric. I'm also trying to make something with my fabric piles, and that's mostly because I really want a bold graphic print dress, and I am collecting weird graphic print fabric scraps, so I should just make it. Yes, you should. The thing about sewing is that the fabric feels precious, and so you don't want to cut it into it in case you mess it up. Yes. But if you don't ever cut into it, then it's just fabric bears down upon you psychically with the weight of potential. It's true. The weight of potential is one of the worst weights. Yeah, you'd think it would be nice, but it's not. But back back to the subject of our thrift store, I would love if you described all of the items you got this weekend because it's a really good haul. Sure, absolutely. Obviously, I got the suit that we discussed. It's like a little like sort of navy purple burgundy houndstooth with the little kick pleat and the tons of buttons and the collar. I also got a navy blue wool blazer with, I love with a one. velvet collar. I want to try it on. And it has these big like patch pockets that are kind of like we like sort of like pleated in the middle and they have pocket flaps. So that's very exciting. I got a little straight skirt, like kind of like pencil-y skirt in sort of a like a periwinkle, like a dusty gray and periwinkle. It's adorable. It has little scalloping up the front. Yes. It has like buttons sort of like two thirds of the way across the middle and they have little scallops and silver buttons. I got a pair of wide-legged jeans. And then I got aubergine high-waisted corduroys. Aubergine. Oh, I got a teal bow blouse. It's oh, yeah. sleeveless. It's teal. It's polyester, but it has a nice drape. And it's got like a V-neck with you can, with the little ties that you can tie. And it makes me feel very like Joan from Mad Men. What about you? What did you, what did you bring home from that trip? I also had a really good haul, much like the last time I went to that thrift store. So this time around, Still didn't disappoint. I found um, a beautiful brown, it's like a mock neck, but three quarters it, but the but it's buttons. Oh, and like a Henley. It's, it's cashmere. So that was, that was incredible. I got a really cute little um, short sleeved like bowling shirt that's linen and it's a cream color and yes. it's going to get a lot of wear. That's like a very me item to have. And I've been extremely into neutral colored tops recently. I brought a lot of white shirts with me on my travels. So I'm glad to have another. Uh, and I got two adorable skirts. Both are Ann Taylor skirts. Love secondhand Ann Taylor. One is a gray pleat with a little bit of like a plaid, but it's not really a gray plaid skirt. It's like a business plaid. I don't yes. know what the name of the, the type of plaid that it is, but it's more I don't like know a either. suiting plaid. And it's... Yeah, it's not like this is my school uniform. Yeah. It's like, this is a pleated skirt. Which is funny because the other pleated skirt I have, I got and legitimately is a Catholic skirt. It's like a long, like a, I hemmed it. It was a full length skirt. It's a very vintage. I also got, it's like a straight skirt that's navy that has little multicolored flowers all over it and feels I've had different permutations of floral and tailor work quality skirts before this one feels like it, I can dress it down which I'm really excited about mm -hmm. I feel like it's hard to sometimes dress if it's a very formal looking skirt down and this one feels like it's going to go with t-shirts it's really cute the flowers are like burgundy and cream yeah. and brown on navy very fall everything was in this color palette that we picked up and then, like a little miracle, we were just sort of skimming the shoes on the way to leave, and I found a pair of blue velvet ankle boots from I the 70s. I forgot about the blue velvet ankle boots. <laughs> and this is, uh, wait, hang on, two, three, four, five, six. This is uh, boot pair seven, eight. This is boot pair eight. <laughs> nine. It's boot pair nine. <laughs> you know... Don't let me buy anymore, but like 
I won't stop you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Good. They bring me joy. No one. I cannot me. have your back in this scenario. <laughs> but I used to have a little pair of fuchsia velvet ankle boots. Velvet really is the fabric of this episode. And I wore them all the time. I wore them into the ground. They were worth like $15. Who am I to spit in the face of a new pair of velvet booties? Because I simply have not had a pair in so long. And I'm going to look just like Harry Styles. They are very Harry Styles. You could wear them with the gold pants. I'm going to wear them with the gold pants. Very fruitful and productive day had by all. Yes, it was a great time. And we'll go back again. Time to discuss. All right. So our topic today is bags. Bags. On the thread of handbags. Do you want to talk about some of the favorites that that you have? Your favorites? Sure. Yeah. Well, so lately I have been wearing, carrying this little brown bag. It's definitely probably mid-century. It's kind of shaped like a weird little like like a carpet bag or like a football kind of, Mm. but it's leather and it has like little braids and it just has one interior pocket and one exterior pocket, which is good for me because I just throw everything in. My mom sent me this bag recently, which is really cute. It's little black. It's like a little like sort of vertical rectangle. It's got a front pocket and it's got 1000 pockets inside. But the problem with it, I've carried it once or twice and there are so many pockets that I can never find anything. I have lost my phone in this bag. I know it's there. I lost my keys. I lost the car key. I lost my phone. So there's a number of pockets that is unsustainable. Ryan got me this amazing backpack. I do occasionally go into the office. So it's got like, it's big enough to hold my laptop and it's got a laptop sleeve. The logo is a little owl. It's brown and it's kind of sleek and it has kind of the perfect number of pockets, two on the front one interior on the inside and like two little water bottle holders and then a laptop sleeve. I can still never remember which of the two front pockets that I've put my keys into. And then I just throw everything in the middle and Ryan's like watching me dig. And I'm like, aren't you glad you got me a bag with a bunch of pockets? And I'm just, (laughs) I just throw it all in the middle. Uh, But I really like that bag. It's like good for like a, like a day pack or like a little overnight bag. I have a red bag that's been like a red crossbody sort of satchel. That's the bag I associate you with. That's been my standby for a long time, but the it being kind of a scarlet color is maybe fading out as like a main like neutral for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't reach for it as often because it's so bright, but not necessarily in a way that goes with everything. Ryan and I share a belt bag with the Fernet Bronco logo on it. Got when I was bartending. And it's mostly his, but then I'll steal it to go to the gym because it's so little. That's kind of my bags. I really only have like the one, the backpack, the Fernet bag that's mostly Ryan's, and then the like two or three purses. You have a lot more bags My situation than is uh, intense and unmanageable. I've also rehomed several that that were not doing it for me. When you're talking about pockets, I like had this visceral reaction because two of the I, I had a black Betsy Johnson satchel uh, for a while that I loved. It had like fake flowers all over it. It was very gothic Lolita. They're like three dimensional mm. flowers on the sides and a big bow. My style is not gothic Lolita at all. So as much as I loved the bag, it needed to go somewhere where it would be used. The other downfall of that bag, other than not quite being my style, was it had this middle divider. So uh, I find this to be a common thing. Like some bags have this like middle divider where there are two main compartments and then there's a middle divider that is also a zipped pouch. My red one has that. Yes, this cannot. Absolutely the worst thing that's ever happened to me are these weird divider pouches. I've, I had another tote in college that was the same. It was black and it had a middle divider area and I would lose things in the back. I lose things in purses when they are that format. 
And it's because I will constantly think it's on the other side of the bag and it won't be on the other side of the bag or it'll be in the zip pouch. and It'll be so far down in the zip pouch or like the structuring of the purse is such where you can't really tell where the zip pouch begins and ends. And then all of a sudden my keys have not been found for days. Relatable. I won't talk about each of my bags, but the main ones I use the most, I have a black belt bag that is a little bit larger. It's more like a waste pack. Calling it a belt bag's a little bit of a stretch. It's, it's kind of big. Um, and it's like a shiny black material. It's waterproof, goes with all weather. I can fit a full 35 millimeter film camera in it. And I can usually affix things to the sides of it because it's filled with, it's covered in little grips that I can put like carabiners and stuff on and like water oh, bottles. So then you're like, you got your yeah. gear. Bring up Newport. I That was the bag I brought for Newport because I could like affix it to my waist because yes. it's actually a waist pack. It's not and, a then, pack. and then it's hand, <laughs> then you're hands free. And I'm hands free. When I cannot wear it because a waist pack would be prohibitive to the activity. I sometimes bring, I have a little little magazine tote bag that I got from my uh, Architectural Digest subscription that <laughs> makes me feel the same way the New Yorker totes make people feel. I don't uh-huh, know, uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. cachet, which yeah. as we've all talked about, I You're am. like, I read. Yeah. I'm an intellectual. I am virtuous. You're a virtuous intellectual. <laughs> I want to talk very briefly about a type of 60s nostalgia bag. Um, that you may or may not be familiar with. I remember seeing these at the local vintage shop Curio in my hometown. I believe I had one or two. They're from the 60s. They have a wicker handle and they're a wooden box. They have a little latch at the top. Uh, Sometimes it's like a leather flap, but they're essentially a wooden box. Maybe they have a mirror inside, but it's a handbag. And the front will have a little scene. It's probably flowers. It's a garden. It's a wheelbarrow. And it's they're glued on hmm. like plastic gems Interesting. to make it look like flowers. And the leaves are plastic gems. And they have these like little like outer rings. And I remember seeing them in Curio. I'm assuming they're from the 60s because they're so twee. They sound really beautiful. They're very Like, they're a little corny. I don't think I could carry one as an adult woman, but as a child, they were all I wanted. What you're talking about is reminding me a lot of the Nantucket bags that are like the little orchid stem ones that are much less adorned, but are really classic that I think were popular in like starting in the 80s. It's like a it's like a version of a basket bag where it's made of like a wicker orchid stem. Oh, I'm looking that up. No, this is cute, but really that's cute. not what this is. They're really cute and super classic. They 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 will it's one of those items that will rise to prominence in the summertime and all of a sudden everybody has one some summers. Uh, and it makes you think they're quite trendy, but actually they've been around for so long they can't be trendy anymore. They're just classic. They're just prep. Yeah. Bags. Wendy, you're very much a bag guy. Why don't you talk a little bit about what draws you to bags, why you find them so interesting, and maybe about your newest acquisition. Thank you, Alice. I am a lifelong bag guy. I'm a lifelong bag guy. I'm a lifelong scarf guy. I love accessories. I love a loud accessory, especially. I mean, I would say that I've always had an obsession with carrying things with me as long as I can remember. On the on the TV, there was an ad that I saw uh, in the 90s for this thing called a roly-poly that was like a hexagonal tackle box that rolled up. Ooh. And you could put, it had so many little compartments. You could put like a couple of paper clips in one and like a couple of Legos and like another one and you'd roll it all up and you'd have it. And I, I wanted it so bad. And my parents were like, 
you can only hold three Legos in this. And also you are a child. You do not need this. You can still buy them on eBay for like $45 now and don't think I haven't thought about it. You got to fulfill your child, your childhood dream. But then, you know, that naturally sort of drew itself into purses and carryalls and, and all sorts of things. And so I get really into lots of different types of bag silhouettes over the years. I've had many a handbag lately. I have been very into belt bags. Is that oh, yes, they're, they're called? called belt the bags belt. now because nobody likes them being called fanny packs, which is fair. Yeah, I, I'm not, I can't say I'm partial to that either. But I've been really into that because I, I prefer a hands-free option often most of the time. And, you know, it does a lot of good things in terms of uh, cropping my shape where I want if I'm wearing a belt bag sort of slung across the chest. Like it usually creates the silhouette I'm going for, especially I've found that given how some of my outfits can be, we've already addressed how um, business casual runs in my blood. I... <laughs> My need to like break up an outfit with something that's a little less formal, very well expressed through a belt bag. And also like usually I have a camera in one hand. So it, again, it's really helpful to be fully hands free because I can't carry the camera and the iced coffee and the bag. Right. Like you just it's and it. You go to a lot of shows. So like you don't want to be like holding a bag for like two hours while you're listening to music in a crowded room. It's true. And you have a beer in one hand. It's true. Although lately, I mean, some some venues now. Uh, because I believe it saves a lot of time for security, have like created these extreme bag size limitations. So you can't bring anything in that's wider than six inches, which is a wallet. And that becomes its own challenge, unless you're willing to carry a clear bag. And I'm not willing to carry a clear bag because I think they're heinous. No offense to people who carry clear yeah, bags. I don't really like a clear bag because my bag is my trash receptacle. But when we were at Newport, oh, let me talk about Newport some more. Um, we were at Newport and they had little clear belt bags someone was selling um, that were like double walled and the inside was those were cute. was like pressed dried flowers and like little gold leaf flakes. Those were cute in the same way that like jelly sandals are cute. Yes, I've never felt as tempted to buy a clear bag in my life and thank God I was able to restrain myself because I don't want a clear bag. Nothing is worse than being perceived except for maybe all of the contents of my handbag being perceived all at once. Nobody needs to see that I put all my Snickers wrappers in there. So the very first important bag in my life was a it was a brown leather bag that I got in college. It was from Fossil, designed just like a little saddle bag. It had two little buckles down the sides of it so from there I graduated onto a black crossbody bag from Bendel's that made me feel like I was just inside of Gossip Girl you know it's not sustainable to always be buying bags like that so then I got more into some of the knockoff game of bags recently like right after the pandemic I got I call it slime bag because it looks like slime to me it's a little it's a chartreuse yellow sort of color it's right on the edge it's definitely a direct ripoff of the I think it's called the the Bottega pouch very subtle difference. The hinge is a little ne- less noticeable on the bodega pouch, like the actual one. Madden, like, fake knockoff version that I carry absolutely everywhere because it's so it's great. and delightful. It's a great bag. And chartreuse is such a fun color for an accessory. It's such a weird... You never think that you have anything to wear it with, which... Has... It goes with everything, sort of. Exactly. But recently, because of all the work trips, I started carrying a shoulder bag again and a little handbag because I was um, an ardent backpack to work person for a little while and you know I was researching like cool looking backpacks a lot of the menswear internet people that I read were like there's no way to wear a cool backpack to work okay whatever 
I was feeling a little uncomfortable with the ladies tote bag because I was trying to cast a more androgynous sort of vibe in the office for a little while. But then I picked up the shoulder bag again because I, I knew that I could put together some like bang on outfits with it for this conference. So I picked it right back up. It's my little Longchamp Les Pliages. Les Pliages. Every working gal thinks about getting one at one point. <laughs> and you think about it because the nice ones are waterproof and not very expensive relative to nice bags that you can buy. And they hold freaking everything. Like, and, and they're made of nylon, so they're lightweight as heck, you know? Like, a lot of the nicer work bags are these, like, leather totes. I'm already schlepping a laptop, you know, back and forth from the office. Like, it's so heavy that nylon is really key. So, I put a lot of thought into what goes. I mean, again, that was another reason I was big into the backpacks for a while was because of the even weight displacement. Yes, yes. The shoulder bags can really get shouldery. I have this like really intrusive thought that I look like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree if I have a really heavy bag weighted down on one side where I'm just sort of like... You're like leaning? Yeah, I'm like leaning or I'm like bending over into a C shape (laughs) with my many objects and my form is slowly resembling that of like a haggard goblin and I'm just curling ever and ever inward like a nautilus. That's what'll happen, folks. If, if you don't have even weight distribution. Well, I went to a bridal shower this summer and I got to bring my little wicker basket bag that I never carry because you can only hold it in your hand. You cannot do anything else with it. Right. And you don't want to ca- like, well, historically, I have always wanted to have like something where my hands are free so you yeah. don't have to carry something by the handle. Exactly. But some some bags have to be carried by the handle. And Sometimes they really complete the outfit. Like, my outfit looked really cute. Yeah. This has been my revelation about bags that I was going to talk about later, but now I'm going to talk about it now. I I goaded you. I goaded you into it. (laughs) You were, like, carrying bags by the handle. I'm like, oh, I must. I must speak. Pick up Um, your mantle. (laughs) I have always been a hands-free bag girl. Absolutely. Always. I have gone so far as to tie a piece of bias tape to a bag that didn't have a strap so that I could sling it around my shoulder. But recently, I've not been very happy with my bag selections. I wanted a brown bag. I didn't have one. I've just been carrying this like red one. And now I'm thinking about bags because I'm hanging out with Wendy before I never did. And all I do is like, we'll be walking down the street and I'll be like, that lady has a Gucci Diana. Not that I... So we're going to get into my obsession with luxury handbags, but it's it's a sickness. I love knowing the exact type of bag it is, or at least the bag that it's in reference to. Because again, like there are amazing bags that are not luxury handbags, but like I love knowing about the type of bag. Right. You're like, oh, it's if it's not a Gucci Diana, it's inspired by the Gucci Diana. Yeah. And you can trace it all the way down. Yeah. Exactly. Which is pretty cool. But so I opened up a drawer... And inside, lo and behold, was this little brown bag that I have had since college or right after college with the little braided detail and it's leather and it was looking kind of shabby. So I trimmed some weird bits of plastic that were sticking out of it. And I have been wearing that bag everywhere and I tie a little bandana on it sometimes. So cute. And it makes just some clothes. You're like, I'm wearing some clothes. And then you pick up the bag and you're like, now I'm wearing an outfit. And I don't know what sort of weird alchemy that is, but it doesn't work with my crossbody bags. It's wild. It only works with the carried bag. Hmm. Is it? It could be that my crossbody bags are just a little like more like forgettable. 
Are the crossbody bags like segmenting you in a way you don't like? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it turns like a dress and a pair of boots and you add a handbag and now it's an outfit. Or like jeans and a button up and you add a handbag and now it's an outfit. But yeah, exactly. Or earlier this summer I was getting into sunglasses. Mm. So the sunglasses and the bag have a similar effect. And for some reason, the the crossbody bag just doesn't do the same thing. I agree. I really wasn't thinking about sunglasses until this summer. And they really do make a huge difference in a way that I did not expect. And subtle differences between shade frames that you think are almost the same is actually very different. And it changes the outfit completely. Yeah. That's been my big bag revelation. And now I carry a handbag. Just the one. And it's not that much less convenient because... I don't like having weight on my shoulders anyway. Well, this is so as we're going into fall, um, it's kind of nice that I'm falling back into handbags because the, the big problem with carrying a belt bag everywhere, especially if your chosen modus operandi of wearing said belt bag is slinging it across your chest, it does not fit under your winter coat. It doesn't fit under my winter coat. So um, it, exploring the backpacks and the crossbodies and the the holding handbags is where I need to head. And I'm surprisingly rotating through a bunch right now, which is nice. And you just got a new one. I just got a new one. You said you were going to talk about it incessantly, but you haven't even mentioned it yet. (laughs) Well, she's staring at me right here, my bag, and I don't want to make her nervous. Hold her up to the (laughs) microphone. She's wearing... Let her speak for herself. She's wearing a darling little scarf that I repurposed, too. It's a little mod cloth scarf that's got like a ditzy floral on it, and uh, it had all this fringe all over it that was not doing it any favors. The fringe was like really poorly strung on, like um, embroidery floss. So I cut all of it off and now it's a really good scarf again. Anyway, that's not, this is about the bag. This is about the bag. This is about her. I've been looking for her for six months, if not six years. I've thought about this bag for a very long time. In my heart of hearts, I really like fancy things, but I also think that some fancy things are fancy because they end up being classic sort of silhouettes in certain ways. I mean, like a Burberry trench. There are lots of also very good trenches that are not Burberry trenches, but like we're all looking for that platonic ideal of a thing. Right. We're looking for, you know, drill it down into exactly the item. And I feel like luxury goods are really good at really distilling exactly what you want out of that item. Well, they're very iconic. Yeah. Which can be good or bad depending on how you feel about it. And it's it's kind of also like pain that they're iconic because it can make you feel like you're wanting if you don't have one when in real reality it's just like a fake need like no one needs any of these things no so the the purse of purses if for anyone listening who already knows about bags might know what i'm about to say like the purse of purses is the hermes birkin um or the birkin sister the kelly bag they are extremely coveted hermes creates this like very 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 silly little shroud of of mystery around them where you have to sort of they're called quota bags because you have to buy a certain amount of things at the Hermes store before oh, an associate before they even let you buy the bag yes and even then you might not be allowed to buy the bag because they had a sort of list in their head of who they let and they have to check your previous purchases and kind of make sure that you're someone who like deserves to carry this bag and even then you're still paying tens of thousands of dollars for this bag right so that you know the 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 rabble the riffraff cannot carry the good bags which is why the truest most subversive fashion move one can make is buying a fake bag of this type of bag and i don't mean like a counterfeit one so basically 
The Kelly bag and the Birkin bag, the history of these bags. The Kelly bag is the Kelly bag because Grace Kelly had one. It's not that Hermes made the bag for her, but she's caught photographed carrying this bag. She's actually trying to hide her baby bump. That's the rumor. And the bag shielded it perfectly. So it became the Kelly bag. But it's a very iconic bag for Hermes. She's like, I love my bag. (laughs) I love my bag so much. I carry it close to my stomach. (laughs) But yeah, so this bag happens. And then Jane Birkin, other famous actress, is like carrying around her Kelly bag. And the, the rumor about that is that she complains to Hermes directly. She's like, I can't carry this bag around without it like ripping. Can you make me a bag that actually like will sustain, support my traveling lifestyle? Like I need a bag that I can just shove as much stuff in as possible and it will not break. And so they, they make her a Birkin bag and it's named for her. Imagine having like, oh, I'm going through my Hermes <laughs> Kelly bags. Yes. <laughs> I just I just keep needing to buy new ones. I keep breaking them. It keeps ripping. There's a layer of this that makes me uncomfortable to talk about because it's like I'm encouraging this like really consumptive. Oh, you just got to have like a bunch of them and they're all really expensive because there are people where you got to have a bunch of them and they're all really expensive and it's like a status thing. And it's more about class and like the social. When I say class, I mean the social class you are in than it is about the actual item of clothing. Like the bag right. almost transcends that in a way more than a silk scarf, more than other types of luxury objects. Well, because it's so expensive. So anyone can buy a silk scarf. I mean, not anyone. They're very. They're also very expensive. But but Hermes will sell the riffraff silk scarves online. You can buy one online, and no one from Hermes will go, "Oh, you can't have that." Nobody's <laughs> gonna look at you and say, "You're not the right type of person to wear this skirt." Right. Where's the bag? They will. So the people who are riffraff who still want the bags will go and they'll buy them online from an eBay reseller or from a verified reseller of some kind who can get the bag for them. And there's like this huge secondary market for them as well. So they're all and they're still very expensive. Like the value of these bags does not really come down over time. It only really goes up. It's considered an investment piece. There are a lot of people who buy a lot of luxury bags because they consider it, quote unquote, like a stock bag, like you're playing the bag market. That is wild to me. It is wild because it's like it's like putting gold bricks in your home. Yeah. And like my bags get so beat up. I guess if I guess if I had a Birkin, I wouldn't it wouldn't get beat up. But I'd want it if I had a Birkin, I'd want to carry it every day. The bag that a lot of people talk about is Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's Kelly bags. There's like a photo of them with the most beat to hell Kelly bags in the 2000s. And it like, there was a lot of emphasis at the time of only having like new looking bags. Like a bag is something to, to always put your best foot forward with and stuff. And so here is a star holding the most the most beat to heck bag. You know, and that's, and that's the thing about Jane Birkin is she put stickers all over her bags. They right. got scratched as, like she wore them every single day. Because that's, again, yeah, it's about wearing your luxury goods. Right, it's more glamorous to do that than to keep them pristine. I personally think so. These bags are very silly. But basically, the the other piece of this story is that um, the Birkin bag, iconic shape, happens is really known only to Hermes, really only owned by Hermes. The Kelly shape, when it comes out, 40s and 50s, it's not quite an iconic bag yet uh, because Grace Kelly hasn't had her moment with it. It's not even called the Kelly. Right, it's just a bag. So there's this interesting thing that happens very similar to the steve modification of today's luxury goods is you have brands making their own version of these kelly bags so you can buy a vintage kelly that is not 
it's it's known as a vintage Kelly or Kelly style bag, and it's not an Hermes bag. There's there's nothing to do with Hermes. You can buy them direct on eBay for like a fraction, a, a thimble of the price, and right. they have all the cachet, all the same shape. They just don't. It's you know, it's not a bag that like, they're still vintage. Yeah, they're still like cool and like old. And so I recently made the choice, made the choice. I've, I've been hunting for one for a while that would suit my needs and suit what I'm looking for. Because also when you think about the shapes of these bags, there are two different types of like seams that Hermes makes. There are two different types of shapes that have to do with like how the leather is sewn. And so one is quite stiff and one is looser. And a lot of these like Kelly style quote unquote bags are more of the stiffer type. And I wanted a more flexible one. I also wanted it to be like a color that I could wear every day. Like a lot of these are weird colors. <laughs> because they're they're brighter or or they'll be in really poor condition and like an old like black leather which is fine but I didn't really want a black one I want it to stand out a little bit you're not looking for a neutral bag not really I don't really want it I want the bag to have something to say but a lot of the bags in that market too also are like a fake croc pattern or or a fake exotic as they're called or something so you Uh can't it's just it's harder to find a neutral one in kind of a soft leather they're all like very hard leather harsh silhouette exotic croc embossed shape Right. So I finally found, is it robin's egg blue? Is it blue jean? Not sure. Sort of halfway between. It's like a sky blue. She's flown here from Italy. (laughs) (laughs) She She just landed. She just landed. And she was uh, wrapped in, in, in lemon wrapping paper by the nice lady who sold her to me. Cute. I'm obsessed with her. She's She was under $200, folks, and she's given me tens of thousands of dollars worth of eye-catching charm. It's kind of like we were talking about the chartreuse, the little slime bag. Yeah. I feel like maybe like a bright color, like a pop of color bag is actually very versatile. Yeah. In a way, like it doesn't have to be brown. This one has a little lock <laughs> and a little key like a diary. Whereas when I, I saw that, I was like, this is a handbag. Like if someone wanted to steal your things, they could take the bag. <laughs> they could just pick up the whole bag by its convenient handle and walk away with it. But it'll keep your stuff secret. And it's funny. No one carries these bags closed either. Like the thing that you do is you sort of like slop it over your arm with it kind of like hanging open. Photos from Fashion Week this week. Like there were a couple of people with these bags just like slung open because it's such a pain to get into and out of when it's locked or when it's closed that you just kind of like. Yeah. Well, you need to access your wallet and like your phone and stuff. So really, it's in really good condition. It comes with a cross strap, which is also rare in the in the vintage Kelly secondhand market. Uh, so it had it had a lot of things going for it. And it's very soft. It's very pretty. What I like about the, the looser leather shapes, I feel like Reed's is briefcase. I was going to say it has like a briefcase-y quality. Yeah. Because it's kind of, it's rectangular. It's got the little, the little like lock, little hardware. It feels very like cool, hip version of like, you're a little Dawn Draper. Yeah, I feel like I want to wear styles her up. I want to wear my new blue velvet booties mm-hmm. and I want to wear ripped jeans mm-hmm. and I want to wear an adorable graphic tee while I carry her around. And I haven't been able to do this because I never thought I was going to have this bag and have the silhouette. So like I have a lot of possibilities in this moment. That's very exciting. I don't know. It didn't even occur to me until like a year ago that I could just buy something that was the same shape. Many people before me <laughs> have had this realization much sooner. And instead, my choice was to lust after after this bag, this style of purse online for like forever. I mean, I definitely have pictures in Pinterest boards from years ago with these bags in them. There are just certain outfits you can't do 
unless you have a shape like this. I've never thought about bags at all before I met you, really. Obviously, like, I need one and I want it to be kind of cute. But not, like, I'm thinking about bags. And I still don't, like, totally understand. But I will say, recently, a few weeks ago, we were looking for a suit for my fiancé. He's in a friend's wedding. And so we went to a local suit store. It's, like, Milton's. The store for men. I've seen Milton's The Store for Men. At Milton's The Store for Men. You have to address it by its full name anytime It has you to be Milton's it. The Store for Men. Ryan was not able to find the right suit there. But so we went into Bloomingdale's and on one side is menswear and on the other side is bags. And I had never felt in any way enchanted by handbags, but something about it, it had the department store magic there were fun colors there were so many of them and like the lighting is all sort of like it's like it's not bright but like it's gleaming I was like oh I get it my design school jerk store degree is going to come through handbags are like the unfettered perfect part of fashion because clothing is a dream that you put on and sometimes reality hits after you put it on and you have to face that reality of your form taking shape under the clothes right. and whether or not that's doing what you want. As we all know, everyone who loves fashion, fashion is architecture, fashion is texture, fashion is color, fashion is light. And then when the rubber meets the road on your body in particular, it can be something that is suddenly not as fun anymore. Right. Bags, they always give you a payoff and they're perfect examples of three-dimensional design, form, meeting, function. The, the form and the function of the bag have to be in harmony for it to be a good bag. And I just, it's something that is much easier for my brain to wrap its head around than a shoe where often form and function are in conflict with what I want right. of the shoe. Or a, again, a piece of clothing where form and function are in conflict with how they interact with my body. But the bag is always going to be a good thing. And there's so many beautiful bags and they all say so many different things. And the thing about the handbag is the expectation is that you'll use it for longer than your clothes at this point with the way that we go through clothes seasonally, whether or not we should. The bags are more likely to be staples because, again, no matter how your size changes over time, no matter how your lifestyle changes over time, you probably will still need a bag. Right. And the bag is like an iconic thing. It's like, oh, you have this bag. And that says something about who you are that doesn't necessarily change. There's something psychologically with having this fake Kelly bag of now people will know that I think about clothes, which is really silly because like I have a lot of bags that <laughs> convey that I think about clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the one that's going to make people realize that, no, I, I think about clothes because not and not even because of what it is, but because it's a fake one, because I got a really good fake. You think about clothes. You know what's good but you're not trying to seem like someone you're not well have you have you noticed that in a lot of carrie bradshaw-esque my life as a fashionista short articles where people are talking about their lives as influencers or whatever i have not read a single one of these articles when you think about virtue and what it means to like be virtuous as this type of fashionista person right like in order to be a virtuous fashionista you have to care about well more and more you have to care about sustainability now because we all have to be caring about sustainability right we should that doesn't mean buying plastic dresses from reformation if you're a virtuous fashionista you spend a couple of years grinding through your like nothing salary in the trenches of fashion week earning no money 
and you are slowly buying things piece by piece and those pieces that you're buying you are savvy so you never pay full price for them and you buy them secondhand and this is like a key part of the hero arc of being a fashionista is you you have to be savvy enough to spot the good secondhand design thrifts and when you can't do that you fake it really convincingly and your ability to fake it is like a huge part of it too so I feel like I'm like playing the game really successfully by having this fake bag you're virtuous <laughs> it's like beating a level you just have to find the one for you absolutely the first half we talked so much it's true you we talked did, yeah. more about bags but like you have more to say about bags I'm kind of like a bag what's a bag Freud had a lot to say about bags yeah I'm sure he did but he was I who cares? Speaking of exhausting <laughs> topics. All right. So as usual, we're going to leave you with a few questions to wrap up the episode. Yeah. So what are you on the hunt to thrift this fall? Do you like pockets or no pockets in your bag? And what item in your wardrobe makes you feel the most virtuous? Write to us about it at somethingtowearpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at somethingtowearpodcast. And send us a DM. Yeah whatever exactly <laughs> thanks for listening thanks for listening have a good one you too bye, bye.